we are certain that Satanism exists. It's the practice of evil. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. You will prove the existence of the Bigfoot or Sasquatch by bringing in a body. You're listening to White Atlantic Weird, the podcast that explores parapsychology and the unexplained to find out why people believe weird things. I'm Kean, and this morning I'm recording from somewhere in north central London. Is that yeah. fair? And I have some special guests with me for this episode, all about extrasensory perception and Zenner cards. So uh, the first person with me today is Faye Sewell from the YouTube series The Ghost Trail. Hello, everybody. Also with me is Mr. Ali Keane from London punk band The Scots. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Faye, tell us a little bit about uh, what things have been happening with The Ghost Trail recently. Yeah, so we had a really enjoyable uh, shoot in Essex with you, Keen. Um, the episode oh, fancy that. <laughs> Marking, which uh, a lot of people have really enjoyed. Next up, we've got some uh, listeners or viewers' stories that people have sent in. And then after that, we've got a road trip planned to a location where some members of my family had some experiences. So I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. So uh, we will put links to the series on YouTube and we'll mention again at the end of the episode where people can find uh, episodes of The Ghost Trail. Faye, what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking coffee. <laughs> Solid. A bit of milk there. A uh, bit of oat milk, yeah. Coffee because it's Sunday morning. Solid. I um, I also it's uh, I have a Sunday morning head on me. We had a work night out um, in Basildon last night, of all places, and I am drinking decaf coffee. I'm even more, even more softcore than Faye is this morning. Uh, Mr. Ali Keen. Yes. What are you drinking this morning? Yes. Carlsberg. Good. Now, uh, tell us a bit about what the uh, London punk band The Scots have been up to recently. Uh, just finished uh, uh, printing up our new album, Net Profit, being released on the 28th of March. Uh, venue TBC. But we're all looking forward to that. It's going to be quite good. Excellent. Uh, so we'll put a link to any of your online activities where people can find out where The Scots are uh, what they're up to, where they're playing, that sort of thing. Cool. Um, also, if you'd like a Scots track to be at the end, uh, maybe for the outro. If you, if you like. Send me on a file. And if cool. you hear any rock and punk <laughs> at the end of the episode, uh, you'll know who that is. Great. Uh, so we are talking about ESP, extrasensory perception, and the famous Zenner cards. So to be blunt, if you've seen Ghostbusters, that scene at the beginning where Bill Murray is in a university testing... Um, uh, students as to whether or not they have any sort of psychic abilities and he's using those cards and they have symbols on them there's a circle a square wiggly lines a star and a cross so if you've seen that scene you know what zenner cards are um so i definitely knew about these as a kid probably even before i saw ghostbusters because uh, i was reading those kind of osborne books of the supernatural <laughs> that it, some of them have been <clears throat> re-released recently and I also had a lot of weird books by people like Colin Wilson. A lot of really 1970s ideas that were kind of repackaged in the 90s. Those I went back over Christmas and had a look at them. And that's definitely um, kind of the vintage that they were. But Zenner cards and the search for what became ESP is much older than that. And most of the, um, the researchers and the research we're going to talk about dates to the 1930s. And Faye, is, is this anything you have any connection with or any knowledge about before? I'm very interested in it. Um, being completely honest, the 
most that I've learned about it probably came from earlier episodes of your podcast when we've talked about <laughs> it. Um, but I do recall reading bits and bobs here and there um, and it being mentioned in other things that I read. I've always found it interesting, but not to the extent that I've done the amount of research you have. Excellent. Um, one thing I will mention is that a lot. what's interesting about Ghostbusters, well, one thing that's interesting about Ghostbusters is that Dan Aykroyd is well known as an actual kind of paranormal buff and he got as much stuff into the script as he could that was based on like real things from the from the study of the strange so and he still is he's on podcasts like all the time now he's on joe rogan and stuff like that and he's into like he's into whatever is going currently so at the moment he's all up into the uh, ufo conspiracy stuff with a tip and um and your man from Blink-182 and all that sort of thing. So, it's Tandalo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might do an episode on him someday. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's going to be that's, a long episode. <laughs> I heard yeah. about his programme on Aliens, that apparently, or his interview, that's quite extensive, and I've been wanting to watch that. Yeah, it's, it's a hard it's a hard watch. Oh, you've, you've done it? I've done it, oh. yeah. Do you not believe that there are aliens out there? Statistically, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. an alien can be a form of bacteria on another planet that is surviving. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, is technically true, right? Yeah, no, and that's so. I, but he is a bit more tinfoily about the whole thing, right? Well, it's one thing <laughs> he's to like say, the guys out of science or something. I mean, you know, like arch skeptic Carl Sagan would probably agree with you if he was still alive and say, yes, yeah, statistically, there's probably something out there, but that's a long way from you know they're flying around and abduct- abducting us. Yeah, 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 that's a very fifties way of looking at it. I mean, yeah, you know. and and it mutated, had various interesting mutations pretty much every decade right up until now which we might well if you're interested in that we did two episodes previously called the coming of the greys uh, i don't know what the numbers are but check those out i Mo- think it's part one and part two there's part one and part two both with uh, mr chris joyce oh yeah chris spooky mm. joyce uh, okay ali um is this anything you know about care about we had one chat about zener cards prior to this conversation in a filthy wetterspoons drinking filthy pints that did happen Mm-hmm. Ali, are you going to be? Are you going to be the scully to my mulder on this? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the cards. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Um, Is it a, a deep skeptic? I'm. I'm not a tr- you know natural believer in paranormal activities. Fantastic. That's exactly what we need on the show. <laughs> so we have we have balance. I've got. An angel and a devil on my two shoulders, <laughs> um, which is better than usually just having two devils, both of them going. And like, which yeah, one is drink which? more coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you need it. So, um, one thing I think is interesting about the, these kind of tests, what we're testing, we're testing for something that's incrementally small, so small in fact that it can really only be defined statistically. Okay, and that's something that you do find with paranormal topics sometimes. I think anyway, which is that. You know, we all want to see, like, the big impressive manifestations. We'd all love to, like, walk into, you know, something like Poltergeist where, like, stuff is <laughs> flying around in circles and, you know, you know, something really dramatic is happening. Whereas in practice, you know, either because it's not real or because it just doesn't happen in the lab, I, I don't know. Um, when people have tried to study this scientifically, they've had to really scale down. So that's what Zenner cards are all about. So um, our story begins with a guy named J.B. Ryan, Joseph Banks Ryan. Uh, and he was a scientist in North Carolina in the 1930s. And he worked at a place called Duke University. And he got one of the, if not the, one of the first, if not the only, uh, like, paranormal, re- legitimate paranormal research university departments yep. off the ground. Uh, a pattern which has not often been followed since, it must be said. But I, I think it's fascinating. Imagine casting yourself back to that time in the 30s when, you know, some scientists were still believing that maybe this was 
a, possibly a real thing that you could study and prove and test. And, and he, like his whole thing was he wanted to bring this into the light of science. He wanted to take it away from the, the shady seances and the darkened rooms where spiritualism had been happening. But well, it was popular, wasn't it? It, it was huge. Yeah, it was hugely popular. Yeah, and especially any. I mean, it had a huge resurgence after the First World War, and it's probably its most famous proponent worldwide was Arthur Conan Doyle, who obviously wrote Sherlock Holmes. Um, and J. B. Ryan and his wife were energized by seeing um, a talk given by Arthur Conan Doyle, I think, in 1922. So they went to a lecture. He traveled all over the world lecturing about spiritualism and telling people that yeah, this is real and there's going to be scientific evidence for it. And, you know, sensible, smart people should be taking it seriously. And they were really impressed by this. And they were interested from the, from the beginning in the, the idea of life after death and what that meant. But they never, they never pushed it that far. So J.B. Ryan was, I would say, a consummate scientist. He never, he never got weird or fringy with his ideas. He never pushed beyond what he felt he could absolutely prove and what he had data to show. Now, you may take issue with his data or with the way he did his experiments, and we'll get into that soon. But um, he's a long way from some of the wilder, woollier ends of the of the spectrum, and this is what I mean when I say it's like the, the narrow end of the wedge. Mm. I guess his idea was, well, if we can prove this one tiny little thing happens, which can't be explained, then the door's open for other bigger things to be taken seriously by science, and that was his idea. So he had this idea that maybe the mind can affect things, and he came up with the term ESP, extrasensory perception, to make it basically to make it sound dignified and scientific. <laughs> um, because, yeah, he, he wanted to be taken seriously by the scientific world. And he asked a colleague at Duke University in the psychology department. He was a psychologist as well, um, Ryan. I think he trained in botany originally, but he had been working in the psychology department before he started up his own psycho parapsychology department, which is what they used to call mm. um, the paranormal in those days. Again, to make it sound scientific. And he asked a colleague, Carl uh, Zenner, to come up with something because it, I think originally he'd been using ordinary playing cards. Yeah. But he came to believe that people might have some sort of preference for choosing some of them over others. So when he was doing the sort of tests that we'll talk about soon, he was worried that people would, you know, have irrational um, sort of attractions to certain numbers. Yeah, I can totally see that. I think a lot of people do have preferred numbers. Mm. And when I play cards, there's certain cards I think of as my cards. And when I get them in my hand, I like that. And it's completely <laughs> unexplainable and <What>? weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. And there's also associations, isn't there? Like people say that the uh, ace of spades is associated with death. If you're reading like a fortune telling thing. And I associate like it with Motorhead. Right, okay, cool. That's another option. But you see what I mean. We've got associations already. Yeah. And that stuff is incredibly important because uh, J.B. Ryan needed to... Anybody designing a proper scientific experiment needs to root out all of that stuff as much as possible. So he asked his colleague Zenner to come up with a set of cards with images that he believed people would not have um, a predetermined, a pre-existing attraction for. Now... This is questionable on some levels. I mean, one of them is a, is a plus symbol, uh, you know, which is literally mm. a positive one. Mm. Yeah. Wavy lines makes me think of water. Um, yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah, when I which, saw it. you know, yeah. has holistic meanings, has. Circles a globe. If yeah. you like the sea. Yeah, I mean, it could, <laughs> be, it could be as basic as that, couldn't it? So I don't know how much. I don't really feel that they're a whole lot better than just using playing cards, but there you go. Zenner eventually came to. He wanted to disassociate himself from all of Ryan's work, which is kind of sad. 
Yeah. Yeah, he, he asked he he asked him to stop calling them Zenner cards. Oh wow. Yeah, and Ryan was a big deal. Like his his university department was kind of he was a bit of a celebrity. They got the only grant from the Ford Foundation, right? The only yeah. the only parapsychology department yeah. to get one. They, I think I'm pretty sure they got money from people like the Alfred K. Sloan Foundation and like you know, some of the early Koch brothers industries and people like people who are still sponsoring stuff. Today, if you if you live in America and you watch PBS or anything, mm. you get all those sponsored by the Alfred K. Sloan Foundation. Like back in the thirties, they were sponsoring like Baby <coughs> Ryan to sit in a lab and like do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of repeats of these cards with his students. But then, I mean, it was a uh, you know this was must have been so exciting, believing that you know we're just around the corner maybe from proving this. And uh, so most of the information I have comes from a book called Unbelievable by Stacey Horn. I think it's from 2009. Yeah, good name. <laughs> it's a great book. I, I reread it recently over Christmas and it's fantastic because it goes through like, this guy was doing this, working with the cards for decades, right? He only died in, I think, like... What, right? Yeah. 64, wasn't it? No, no, it was later than that. It was right. like 1979 or 1980, but he was... Oh, Zenner, maybe. Oh, but Ryan was working for decades just with the cards and the whole time he was doing this, his lab became like a had like celebrity status, and people would write him letters incessantly because he was like the the weird spooky guy. If something weird happened to you, you would write to him. Wow. So, but he would get all these letters from people who saw UFOs. He would get letters from people who believed that they were possessed. You know, all sorts of crazy stuff. And he, most of the time, didn't get involved because he thought, well, no, we're doing sensible scientific research here. We don't want to be associated with with this sort of thing. But he did, he did get involved in a few famous cases, or by proxy. He had a, an assistant by the name of Gaither Pratt, who he sent out sometimes because he was a bit of a Professor X, really. He kind of stayed mm. in the lab and masterminded everything. But he did send his, his men out to investigate things. So the, the case that The Exorcist was based on? Yeah. Yeah, so William Peter Blatty wrote his book in, uh, I think, the 60s. And it was based on a case he had read about two decades earlier um, about a supposedly possessed boy his real name, as far as I know, still isn't known, but the papers called him Roland Doe, as I suppose in a, a version of the John Doe thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, it, I mean, I've looked into this. This happened in Maryland in the late 40s. It looks to me like a fairly cut and dry case of like religious mania. Um, and, and there's, but a lot of the stuff that made it into the book and then into the film that is so famous now, like the writing appearing on the, on the, on the chest. Yeah. Obviously, the, the, the sex of the child is reversed for the film. It's a girl mm. in, in, in the film. But um, the speaking in tongues, the the blasphemy, the the kind of some of the infamously foul language he uses with the with the priests, mm, yeah. all of that comes from the original case. So I'm not saying it's paranormal. I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's. I mean, talk about like exorcism as a concept within the Catholic Church is almost dead. Like, it, you but know, they can't not believe in it. There's no, the thing it's, it's on the books. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. the books. It's on the curriculum, if you like. But it was a very very small, neglected, forgotten bit of the curriculum until. The Exorcist movie came out mm -hmm. and reignited, and now Exorcism is flipping huge. Yeah, it's, is it? Yeah, people, old people request it all the time. Wow. The church keeps having to make statements about it. You know, they keep saying yes, it's on the books, but like you ever see those pen you ever see those Pentecostal churches? Like when when someone is afflicted with demons. Oh, and the, what, you the mean pastor, right. the pastor okay. just dances down to them, you know, and he's just like chanting around them, and he touches them in the forehead, and the, but ten people fall backwards and. Yeah. These dribbling morons well, are just like totally believing it. Hundred percent. That's, that's the non-Catholic version of it, but yeah. There was uh, what was the, the famous guy Benny? What's his name? Uh, the famous pastor, American pastor. He he done the same thing as well. He was doing that shite for years. 
oh, I can't remember his name, but he was like one of those super pastors. And he bought jets with dumbasses money who went there thinking they were afflicted with demons. Right, but now you're getting into the area of scams, I think. People just scamming for money. Oh, they? right. I can't say that I'm a super sort of on the button and that I know a lot about developments in the religious world, but I just assumed that with the kind of better identification of mental health issues these days and everything that the exorcism would have kind of died out. Do religious people believe in ESP? A, I think it's an intersection of those two things. Well, and the, the Catholic Church, not that I'm a huge defender of them, would probably agree with you. And they, because, well, I, if nothing, if for no other reason, they don't want to look silly. They don't want to come along and say, oh yeah, this is a, a case of possession, and then have some psychologist or a doctor turn up and say, no, this kid has real yeah, yeah, problems. They'd look yeah. stupid. <laughs> they'd look stupid. So they, their line is, yes, it's potentially real. Yes, it's on the books, but it's incredibly rare, and we have to rule out every other explanation first. Does, And they're pretty good at that because they don't want to look stupid. Does, they're very slow to say, yes, we officially admit that this is a possession and needs an exorcism. So, well, because they're going to have egg in their chin. On their face. On their, on their face. <laughs> yeah. Most, well, most the possessions very specific aim. <laughs> are, are carried out by sort of priests going a bit renegade. Yeah. Going a bit rogue <laughs> for one reason or another. Anyway, we'll, we'll get back to the Zenner cards. Yeah. We... we so, so what they are is the there's five cards with those five symbols on them. Um, we have printed out a set of 25, five of each. And uh, let's put it this way. If I asked you to... If I held up one of these mm. and asked you to guess which one it was, what would be your chances of getting it right? One in five. One in five. Okay. percent Right. So if you... Is it, so is it possible that you might get one right? It is possible. It is possible. Is it likely? It is... If I just did it once. One in five likely. One in five. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so... This is a little bit about, I'm not going to get too much into statistics, but I think uh, it's worth mentioning that the more, the bigger your sample size, the more significant the result is, right? So right. if we do this just one time, if you came into me and you're like, Ian, I'm really excited. I must be psychic. Uh, I've done it once. Yeah, you know, I, I've got I, 100%. Like 100% record. And I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is, is kind of how these people talk sometimes. That's, Yuri Geller was a bit of a... Oh, I'm not, I'm a, I can't do this now that you're watching me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you must be sucking my power somehow. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be impressed if you did it once. If, if you did it five times. Uh, well, if you did it five times, uh, just five or? Let's say, yeah, like if you had five in a row that were all correct. Well, there was one enchant. I mean, okay, that is. You could work that one out. That is, that is unlikely, but it is possible. It is possible. So would, would you be impressed? Would you be like, wow, this person might have psychic abilities? No, I'd no. be like, that was a possibility, um, but it is a possibility someone getting a lucky dip in the lottery and winning it. Yeah. What if we had 100 and you got... So I don't know, I'm not, not all of them right, but like well above chance. So chance says you will get one in five right. Right. But let's say you're, getting, you're doing much higher than that. Like out of 100. Is that more impressive? Yeah, it's above the average. Yes. But above the average does not uh, re really prove that you have extrasensory perception. No, it doesn't. It is that you were a lucky fucker, and that is the end of it. Uh, and the thing is, science has to step in at some point and say, well, we have to be able to draw a line in the sand and say, up, up, to, up to this line, it's just luck or chance or whatever, and above that, it actually means something. Right, and, and when you scientifically prove something, it becomes unreasonable to deny it. Yeah, right? beyond reason. Now, we don't use the word prove in science very often because you, you can never prove anything. Right. Science just says, look, here's our best, this is what we can, this is our best take on how things are happening up until now, but it's open to being changed. But getting them above average 
mm-hmm. is still within a reasonable doubt, isn't so, it? So well, I'm just really curious now. <laughs> what would you say if you got 100 out of 100 right? What would be your answer to He's that? cheating. <laughs> <laughs> would you accuse yourself of cheating, even if you thought you hadn't been? No, I would say that that is very unusual and well done me, you know? <laughs> An extremely unusual circumstance. I now find myself in with 100%, but that just meant that I was an incredible guesser. Okay, what about 500 out of 500? What, what number would it make you question If something? you had extrasensory perception, surely I could prove that in more than one way. Yes. There is the problem. Yes. So if you gave me dice and I held the dice yes, and said, that, yes. I am going to throw it. And this was one of the experiments. Yes, this is what Ryan right? did. And uh, so if you beat the cards, then beat the dice. And if you beat the dice, there'll be something else to guess. And when they get it within but that, then it becomes... controlling dice is not the same as potentially the idea that you can read someone's mind. If you they're, throw they're, four dice, if you throw five dice, you're going to tell them what you... Because if you have extrasensory perception, then the, the chances... You, you're going to know what's going to come up. Oh, yeah? right. No, right. that's different. That's predicting the future. Uh-huh. Now, Ryan uh, did make... He made differences amongst the different types of powers, if you like. Mm-hmm. So, if, if you're holding the card and I'm guessing it, I'm guessing what's in your head. That's like mind reading. And that's telepathy. Right. right? And again, he came up with this language to make it sound scientific. If no one is holding the cards, but I can see through them somehow and I know what they are and I'm correct, that's clairvoyance. That's putting my own mind out there somehow right. and knowing something that I shouldn't be able to know. But if you're holding... What, up- they, what they ca- call remote viewing sometimes now. Yes, I've heard that term. That's yeah. like a kind of a 1980s kind of a US military version of it. But, yes. but the thing with the dice, that's like physically being able to move something with your mind. And that's psychokinesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I understand now, yeah. So, he, yeah, those are different things. And there's no point in... You have to treat them differently. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So you're right to say that if you can do one... Well, if you can do one, who, who's to say that you can or you can't do another? Because we it, don't understand how this... If this power exists, we don't understand. But extrasensory perception, right? It, it, it depends. If you're holding up the card, and isn't it like, guess it? Yeah. Or are you looking at it and sending the message to somebody? I think yes. it's supposed to be that one. It's supposed the to be latter, that. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't... It, 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 if I got a hundred right, yeah, then that is unusual, yes. an unusual guess. But both have to be linked, right? Yes. So you can't just go, "What's this card?" Like Bill Murray does in the movie. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't look at it. Like he's sending something. He's bored, isn't yeah. he? Well, it depends on you. I mean, Ryan set it up both ways. Sometimes he was testing for telepathy. Sometimes he was testing for uh, clairvoyance. So you can do it both ways. The thing is, all you end up with, if you get a result, all you end up with is a result. That you can't explain. It doesn't tell yeah, yeah. you how it's happening. It doesn't. If you do that, if you get a hundred, it doesn't tell me how you're doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All we can do is do do our best to construct an experiment where we rule out every other explanation first. So how do we do that? If we're sitting, we're going to try this in in a, in a few minutes. And um, how do we set it up so that there's no other way? If I'm reading the cards and Ali's guessing, because I think it would be fun to yeah. <laughs> see if he has any, any abilities that he doesn't know about. Um, how can we set them up so there's no possible way Ali could cheat and see them or know them? Um, I would probably suggest that he is facing away from you so he can't well, read any have... micro-expressions on your face and he can't see reflections in your glasses. What micro-expression gives away wiggly lines? I know it's so, you really well. <laughs> yeah. He might start to attach yeah. a certain movement to well, a certain could, symbol could cover, over time. You could cover your eyes and sit opposite me yeah. and say, What card am I holding up now? But a different part of his face could give it away. If like, my, my, my ear. 
like, so you know the card game bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know how some people it's just really easy to tell when they're lying, and yeah. you might not necessarily be able to say what their tell is, but they have one. Yeah. But if your eyes are so, covered, how can you see this? Oh, you mean if your eyes are covered? Yes. What, not if the person holding up the cards oh, is their right. eyes are covered? Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. So, <laughs> Ryan did address that, and he eventually came to start doing it with um, the sender and the reader in two different rooms or two different buildings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Later. And now they were created. It turns out some of what he did was shockingly sloppy. Uh, and, like, he, it would turn out that... Well, yeah, they were in two rooms, but the door was open and you could kind of see what they were doing if you stuck your head right. out. You know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Apparently some of his, like, his early, like, really high-scoring results that were way above average were done, like, in his car with this student. And it's like, what are you... Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> in, some way, in some ways, he was a consummate scientist. And yet, in other ways, he, he was really sloppy. So, anyway. So, yeah, what, what else do we... So, Ali's going to sit opposite me. I'll hold up the cards. You're going to... Tell me which one you think it is. And or perhaps, yeah, maybe, yeah, whoever's testing sits over there actually and holds the card up. So I could say my response into the... No, because no? I'm going to write down the... We'll, we'll write down the response. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. right. Fair enough. I was also thinking maybe we should swap back and forth. So we divide the number of tests by two. I take half, Kean takes half. Just in case. Because right. there is that argument out there that the person holding the symbol has to be able to send it. Mm -hmm. And obviously you could have varying abilities there. Okay. But but you can't mix results from two different people if they might uh, have different abilities. Okay, so we could do two. We'd have to do two separate we'll do rounds. One each. Yeah, and we but we couldn't compare those two sets of data really. Right, fair yeah. enough. So no, it is interesting. And again, we know nothing about this potential, how it works. And people will say, you know, but what if your emotional state affects it? What if if you're bored or you're angry or you're excited has something to do with it? What if you know your results at the beginning are better than at the end because you're more alert? And we're talking about, like, Ryan did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of these. We're only going to do a small amount. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we do one, one sample for the, for the recording? Okay, yes. fine. Okay, Alec. Why not? Maybe we should put them in, because I've seen the top card, yeah? Yeah. Maybe we should yeah. put them in this drawer, shake them and pull it out. Okay. That's as randomized as we're going to get today, I think. Faye, if I give you the notebook. Yeah. And you Absolutely. can record hits and misses, little X's and little crosses. Okay. So we're going to be doing out of 25. Okay. Lovely. So we should take a picture of the setup. It's great. <laughs> if, you could see, if only you could see this, listeners. It's so scientific. <laughs> so so we, I have a cardboard box between myself and Ali. So Ali can't see what I'm looking at. Um, he, I'm going to hold up the card, look at it myself. Ali is concentrating um, yeah. and thinking very hard. And when he's ready to make his call, he will say, and Faye's going to make a note of hit or miss, which Ali can't see in the notebook. So make sure that he can't see that. I, again, Ryan, sometime, when he started, he did tell them whether they were right or wrong each time. Okay. I, myself, feel that that would alter your mood. Yeah. It might alter your, like, you might be on a run, and you'd be like, oh, great, this is great. Or you might be doing really badly, and that might affect you. I don't, I mean, who knows, but... Well, leave it to the end. Okay. <clears throat> So I'm going to turn the microphone around so Ali can um, say his, uh, his, his guesses. Right. Yes. First one is coming up now. A square. Okay. The second one is coming up now. A star. Okay. Third one coming up now. 
plus. Let me just uh, tap into my ESP for this one. <laughs> it's a circle. So, Ali, how did that feel? Just while Faye is totting up the uh, the totals for us, how did that feel? Did uh, you feel any? I could feel the the spirits telling me. Oh no, no, my ESP really getting in in touch <laughs> with uh, with my body. I think one of them inappropriately touched me, but it's a different podcast. <laughs> All right, Faye, what were Ali's figure out of 25? Out of 25, you got four. <laughs> and all of them were when you were taking a piss. Oh, really? So when you stopped and said, let me tap into my ESP, you got your first one right. <laughs> Maybe humour is the key to this? Maybe it frees up some of the... That's it. The appropriate those, mind uh, juices? Those electrosensory... Perception neurons. Firing. So you were slightly less than average. <laughs> <laughs> Which proves what? I'm a bad guesser. No, I mean you're close. I mean this is a small enough sample that it means nothing. But if you did this hundreds of times, um, you you we get what's called kind of getting closer to the mean. Right. So like you you know it is entirely possible in one set of twenty five that you would get way higher. You might get twenty. It's mm -hmm. possible, right? But then the more we do it the more repetitions we do, your numbers will eventually start to come close to five. Right. And since we're starting pretty close to five already, yeah. that it, it's pretty That's much what, what chance would expect. Okay. Would so predict. I was less than one in five. You're a normal guy. Thank God. <laughs> You're the first person to say that to me in years. I was expecting <laughs> you to get zero. <laughs> oh, really? But, yeah. but that too would be statistically unusual. Yeah, And would, would have to be explained. <laughs> uh, well, at least if you managed to keep it up over many, many trials. So, Yuri Geller, you are not. <laughs> so, Faye, you'd like to be tested as well? Yeah, I'm happy to give it a go. Okay. Can't promise I'll do as well as that. Would you like to do the same? Should I have a, a sheet in front of me with all of them on it? Would you like to? Would yeah, you, I think that would... Yeah, that would be cool. Thank you. Sheeting. Just, no, because I'm worried that I'll forget Sorry. them. There's only five symbols. They're right. Um, no, what's the last one? I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a star. I'm showing you the first one now. Look at it and think about it. Don't send it. Yeah, you've got to send, send it to I'm me. I'm sending it. Okay, uh, squiggly lines. Number two, now. We'll go cross. Or a plus, sorry. So how did that feel? Uh, yeah, like I said, a lot of the time, on a few, I felt like I was actually trying to see if anything was popping into my head from across the table. But at the start in particular, I was slightly aware of this, the fact that I was trying to work out what was likely to have come up. You're thinking about the statistics? Yeah. Mm. And yet, yeah. you know, we, like you said, Ali, we don't know when, we're, when we've been yeah. right. So. <laughs> and that's another reason, I guess, why if, if the tester was telling you each time whether you were right or not. Right, then you start taking that out. You start using the statistics on it, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, oh, well, I've already got I've, three I've stars right, so there's only two left or whatever, yeah. But you got seven out of 25. Ooh, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little bit above average. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but you would have to do a lot more than this for that right. seven to actually mean something. Right, Yeah. gotcha. Okay, um, to... I think another thing that's interesting about this is how we, I said earlier, you know, we all want the big dramatic psychic stuff to, to happen. But when it comes to testing, 
you know, we, we try and find something so small that it can only be detected by statistics. Mm. And even if we did detect it, like it doesn't tell us what that means as such. So J.B. Ryan did this sort of thing over and over and over again for decades, like I said, and um, never really got the scientific establishment on board. He had some early successes that um, made him a celebrity and got a lot of people talking and they nobody ever really replicated them to get the kind of success that he ever had. So a part of science is like you can't throw away evidence just because you don't like it or you can't explain it. But at the same time, if something can't be replicated, it doesn't have a lot of um, merit. So uh, you've got to look into the possibility that his methodology was a bit sloppy, as a lot of people have suggested, or that um, somehow people were able to see the cards via some other way, some sort of trickery, or that he just wasn't that tight in his experimental technique. Um, Faye, you mentioned earlier that people have suggested that the card can be seen in the other person's glasses or something. Yeah, reflective surfaces, glasses. And another one was in the cornea of the person holding the card, which I thought was pushing it a little bit because you'd have to have exceptional eyesight. Um, I mean, I tried looking at Ali's eyes earlier when he was looking at something on his phone. And even with the light from the phone, I still couldn't, even right up close, tell what he was looking at. Uh, One criticism I heard recently, I think it was the In Research Of podcast, which I do recommend, was that if you were trying to come up with a way to test people's abilities for something like this, and you, you came up with cards, like like for hundred literally hundreds of years, people have used cards to do tricks. And like, you know, entire, uh, in the, you know, the, there's entire livelihoods that depend on being able to do clever things with cards and see them and, and use them. And Ryan often let people handle them as well. He'd let right. the other person yeah, handle yeah. them or cut the deck and all sorts of things. So And they can check if there's any scuff marks or whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though I, I, I do admire him and I think his story is super fascinating, it kind of looks like he got some early success because he was a bit sloppy and then when the technique was tightened up and done by other people um, the results weren't nearly so um, so interesting so um, to finish up Faye would you like to test me see I if would. I've got any yeah. alright All right. we'll do that one off so uh, Keen, uh, how do you think you did? Uh, I, I wasn't feeling a whole lot of psychic energy just there I, I actually think I was probably because we had the um, the five symbols drawn on the other side of the cardboard just to remind us what they were I think I was just picking them based on like yeah, where I, they were I don't think they should have been on there yeah we were just going to muck up the data and like, we, we didn't do it for all of us, us either so no maybe we should do another round after without the symbols visible and just see if that makes a difference we could we could um I, I was probably choosing like square a lot because it was in the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, your score was three. Oh. oh wow. I'm less than you, Ali. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we do not have any ESP. I think that's safe to say. No. If somebody has it out there, it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, folks. We'll start to wrap up. Um, would you like to say a little bit about where people can find your, your uh, creative work online absolutely the ghost trail series is available on youtube if you just search the ghost trail series it's the first one that comes up and we're also on instagram at the ghost trail series cool uh yeah you want to check out some of the scott stuff all us up there on the band camp right now is um uh the original ep gross profit which you were in keen indeed yeah keen's original scott um you can find that band camp yeah just search them uh, the Scots Bandcamp, that's S C U T S, not the Scouts of the Scots. 
And we're on Spotify and Amazon and Google Music and all that. Great. You've been listening to another episode of Wide Atlantic Weird. If you want to catch up with us, we're still occasionally on Twitter where we're at Strange Ireland. Uh, more recently, we've been on Instagram as well. Just trying that out, see how it goes. Um, uh, we are Wide Atlantic Weird Podcast on Instagram. You can find us there as well. Uh, all the usual things apply. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, helps to keep us visible. Uh, if you like anything that we're doing just retweet or post or anything like that and as always send on the episode if you like it to anyone else who you think might also like it so uh, you can also send in any stories that happen to you yourself we like weird strange spooky stories if you yourself have tried the esp test we'll put a link to the one we've used um, on the show notes and uh, if you get any <laughs> inexplicable results you can send them to us and we promise to believe them as long as you've done enough uh, replications of course so uh, stay safe and thanks for listening my first week is my worst week My last week is my best week And the two in between Well, I'll bear down the dream I can on 70 quid a fucking week I'm a thunder sleeve London wants a living wage And I'm running in circles I'm chasing my ass I'm last place in this rat race And I'm running out of gas certain that Satanism exists. It's the practice of evil. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. You will prove the existence of the Bigfoot or Sasquatch by